We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com, one of the great NBA insiders. He is standing by on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give. Guest line, how you doing, my man? I'm good, my man. How you doing? Good. Uh, boy, you would think uh, Boston, did they get three victories for one because they win one game and all of a sudden people are saying, I think this is going to go seven. Yeah, this is really funny, man, how, you know, people like jump from one bandwagon to the next. They're, 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 as, they're as extreme as the games. <laughs> like, you know, it, it seems like in the media and public discussion is just as extreme as the um, end of one spectrum that these teams can present themselves to be in some of these games. So, I, you know, I, I, I look at it this way, man. It, Bam at a bio had a bad game. To me, that's what it boils down to. Because I'm throwing Game Three out as an outlier. You know what I'm saying? I think he, I think Boston just kind of just was in shell shocked, and Bam didn't have a good game. But by Miami still won. But to me, it boils down to as Bam goes, you know, so do the Heat. You know, Jimmy can do whatever. But if Bam has a bad game, they're going to lose. And if you look at game, look at games one and two. Look what Bam did, and look at game four. And look what Bam did. To me, it's really that simple. So if people are thinking that, you know, Miami's going to, like, type, take it to seven, you know, or they're going to win tonight or they're going to win whatever, it's like, all right, then you're saying Bam out of bio, in my mind, is going to have a bad series the rest of the way. <laughs> it is really what it boils down to as far as I'm concerned. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, is this series over? Uh, will it Will it be pushed to the seventh game, as some are saying? Uh, your thoughts on so. Miami Boston? I don't, I don't think I, I really do think that uh, Miami's going to take care of it. I think they're going to look at the situation um, and they're going to look at last year. They're going to look at the current situation and say, look, we can't give Denver that much more rest on us going into the finals. So let's take care of business. Uh, we really haven't had too many bad games. We probably have, Denver's only team has probably had less bad games throughout this whole playoff run than we have. We really haven't had any bad, bad games. So that's like not getting the habit of doing that. You know, and to be honest with you, um, Boston has shown us, and they did this last year, they have a tendency to either be heaven or all hell. So their inconsistency in their play is not anything new to us if you look at them over the last couple of years. So I don't expect Boston to go on this historic run and play phenomenal basketball for three more games. I really just don't see it. And um, you know, Miami as a team, and I'm not—I don't—I'm not saying I know them like that, but I really can see them going back into their locker room, into practices, and saying, "All right, let's stop messing around. We cannot make this two years in a row that this particular team stopped us from reaching our goal." And, you know, there's too many things siding, including that, that play into me really not believing Boston has a chance of coming back in this series. Man, Butler's been amazing. He's really elevated his status uh, with the sports fan base. Beyond Miami, I'm talking across the NBA and the sports world. Yeah, uh, Spolstra yeah. has really looked like a good leader, like almost a, I, I'm not going to say a, a mini Cooper, but a mini Riley and you know they exactly. they they play like a college team, and Boston, you know they they were struggling in that first half, and they were playing for their lives, and they got chemistry issues, and everything pretty much is out in the open. Hey, Bill, yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, go ahead. How do you, as a coach, because you mentioned Spolster, I wanted to ask you this: How do you, as a coach, plan and strategize defensively 
against Miami when it seems like every game somebody else steps up. You know what I'm saying? How do you strategize? All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop. You know, we're gonna stop Kyle Lowry this game. Oh no, you know there goes Gabe. You know, oh we got we got to stop. You know, every every game it seems to be somebody different that has big games. Martin has been consistently good throughout the series. Gabe has been good. Struce has been good. You know, Kyle Lowry shows up. It's like how do you strategize from a from you know a coaching standpoint? When you don't know who you have to stop from game to game. I, you know, again, Spolstra and, and different guys and their depth and the lose hero and be where they are right now. It, it's amazing. Up 3-1, how there's this negative vibe on them being able to close out. So the Celtics, all their, all their culture, locker room, uh, the coach, uh, the previous coach issues, all that went away because they won one game. Yeah, and I just like I, said, I don't know how you strategize for that. And I didn't even mention Duncan Robinson coming in and playing good ball. So, and I'll say this, and this probably goes against what everybody's saying uh, right now because they're putting a lot of I don't want to say blame, but a lot of what's happening in Boston right now, they're putting it on Missoula. This is what I really do believe, especially watching Miami. I really do believe if Ivan Adoka was there right now, we'd be. I'm not saying we'll be watching the same thing. But I think the outcome would be the same. Not that they would get swept, but I don't know coming back after beating them the year before that the a vengeance that it seems that Miami is playing with would have, you know, would have been something that even if Ime Adoka was there, Boston could have overcome. I don't think it's just as simple as just a coaching situation or a locker room situation. I do really believe that at some part, at some point, part of this is about Miami telling Boston that y'all got lucky last year. We were supposed to be in the finals last year. This isn't y'all run to make. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, buddy. I'm with you. I, I'm already planning on Miami-Denver. I I scheduled you thinking we'd talk about you know Denver and Miami in the NBA finals, and then we'll get to LeBron yeah. in a little bit. But All right, so let's just go with uh, – the hypothetical, which I don't think it's too hypothetical. Miami holds on. They win this series in five. They win it in six, whatever it is. Uh, the matchup, Nuggets, Heat, if it gets there, uh, an amazing story with the Heat if they do make it to the NBA Finals. And the Nuggets are looking like a deep championship caliber team. I'll, I'll, I'll do this, and maybe I'm ignorant by falling on, on this sword that I'm about to jump on. But if given when that happens, I'll say that when that happens, I think I'm going to have to put my faith and my words uh, on Miami. And the only reason I'm doing this is because they've been to the conference finals. I mean, they've been to the finals before. You know, this is this, you know, other another run at a conference final. And I I – I just can't believe with this is Denver's first time, even though they had injuries that stopped them from getting there. This being their first time, I don't know if that's going to be strong enough for Miami saying, you know what? Like, no, we're supposed to be here. We're, we're old. We've owed ourselves a ring. Um, yeah, this is ours to get. Denver's a great team, but this is y'all first time here. You know, in Miami's mind, as long as Jimmy Butler's been there, they're supposed to have already had a ring. 
So I think that incentive that will play itself out psychologically and, and, you know, from a hunger standpoint and the desire standpoint that they feel that this is there. You know, Denver, hey, this is your first taste of this final thing. We've been here. We're supposed to be there last year. You know, when that, you know, third time, third time is not going to be a charm for you. And I think that incentive is going to be strong enough. And that's why I picked Miami in this year. Yeah, I, I, Jimmy Butler, man, that dude. You know, I, I, again, he's not on, you know, Jordan, LeBron, Duncan. He's not on that level. But in terms of toughness, will to win, uh, the mental side of it, I'd put him up there with anybody I've ever seen in the NBA. I'm serious. Yeah. And here's the thing, what he needs for his legacy, more than, you know, Jokovic right now, you know, uh, more than Murray, more than Michael Porter, more than Michael Malone, you know, and Eric Spolster's legacy as well, but definitely Jimmy Butler because you brought him up. What he needs for his legacy is a ring. Because that, you know, I, th- I think he's Hall of Fame already, but now you're talking about him in that breath of greatness. Not for what he's done during the regular season, but what we'll consistently and decide to look at his the playoff runs that he's allowed some of these teams to make. And once he gets to the ring, that changes everything. And he knows and he understands that his legacy is on the line once he gets to this finals. And he can't have, you know, uh, a, another finals loss and be talked about the way we'll wind up talking about him over the next 20 years. All right, LeBron James, uh, when that series ended, people are like, oh, he's an old man. I'm thinking he almost had a triple-double and had 40. Forget that conversation. He's not done. That's more on Anthony Davis not showing up in the sweep. And if you look at this series or looked at that series, past tense, you know, Lakers had a chance to win every game, at least three of the four. So I don't think it's the end of the Lakers or end of the LeBron era. Where are you at on that? I'm with you also. I think this is a story that got, you know, blown way, way out of proportion. One, because it was a sweep, you know, and two, because of the glaring holes that were in the Lakers that made it easy for people to jump to the conclusions that they seem to be jumping to. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think it's so for LeBron. I think we're reading it to a dare. I don't want to say weird because we, you and I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. Um, but I, I, I don't think that um, LeBron said anything in a press conference that is as calculated as people made it or as deep as people made it. You know, it was interesting to me, man, that all throughout this Lakers series, every announcer and every expert, as they like to call themselves, talked about LeBron possibly having to have surgery on that foot. They always said, LeBron, you know, offseason, that, that foot is bad or that ankle is bad. It's probably going to require surgery. I heard everybody bring that up in discussion, but nobody brought it up after his press conference as if that could be the first thing on his mind. Like, he doesn't even know if he has to have surgery. So that plays into why he gave you such an open answer about he doesn't know. He doesn't know what the surgery's going to be. He's 38 years old, and to have surgery in the off-season, there's no guarantee whichever, how your body's going to respond, what you're going to feel like, you know. So for them jumping to the, oh, he might, he's contemplating retirement, was way out of bounds. But it became the narrative that became the topic that, we all had to run with. So I'm kind of with you. I, I, I don't think this is the end of LeBron for various reasons, and I don't want to read too much into something that's not necessarily there, knowing there's extenuating circumstances that even he has to think about that's dealing with health that nobody seems to bring up in the conversation. And I also think he understands that, you know, when something has to change with the workload, you know, it's going to be interesting what the Lakers do. I do believe that the D'Angelo Russell experiment 
in the beginning worked. But, you know, uh, what are they going to do to change that? I don't think if they don't do anything, that's going to stop him from not coming back. But I think that's something he knows that he'll have to play out and they'll have to play out as an organization at least before the trading deadline of next year. And if he's healthy enough to play during that time, I think he'll play. But I do think he's going to take a back seat as far as the workload is concerned. I can tell you this right now that if LeBron comes back and doesn't have to have surgery and he's like, all right, you know, this is going to be our new approach with this new team and we're going to do this right way and they start off 2-12, and 12, I could tell you he might think about retiring before he does again because I don't think he's going to have the wherewithal to be the one to have to dig them out of that hole again like he did last year or last season. His name is Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com. He knows everything about the NBA. He's like reading NBA poetry on air right now on the huge show. Uh, So when you look at the best player in the league, and again, that debate, Embiid, Jokic, we've had that uh, for last month or so, and I talked about Butler's elevation during the playoffs. Who is the man? Who is the most complete player, Scoop? If it was the Scoop MVP in the NBA, who would that be? Okay, now, just a question. Are you talking about including playoffs? Um, and are you talking about for just a particular season? Because I think they have to change it from season to season. And I think, you know, we can't – yeah, I, you know – I can't, like, take away an MVP vote from Joel Embiid because I do think he had the best regular season of the people that were there. But that doesn't necessarily mean right now he's the best player. So, you know, MVP or the, you know. So I'm trying to wonder what question are you asking? Like, is it a question going into next season, if I had to start a team, who do I feel the best pound-for-pound player is going into next season? You know, at the beginning of regular season, I'm trying because because to me there are various answers to just that open-ended question like that. Yeah, there is. It is an open-ended question because there there may be. I mean, how many different answers could you slide into that blank? Right. All right. Exactly. At ten, exactly. maybe nine, ten. You yeah. could. But here's the thing: Are we taking? Are we considering playoffs? That's why I asked because, as looking at the playoff performance and how Joel Embiid, even though he had an MVP season, you know the way he played. In closeout games, when things were on the line, you know, I'm like, mm, no, nah, I don't know if I can depend on that, so that's not my MVP going in. You know, just when you think Jason Tatum is taking a turn to be in that top-tier, power-for-power conversation because of what he does, nope, he's played a couple of games to remind us that, nah, we can't have him in the conversation because he's too inconsistent. Now, you know, Giannis has it out because he's been injured. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Giannis moves to the top because it's hard to hold injury against a person. You know, um, Joker is a beautiful ball player. I think he's great. We'll have to see what he does. You know, come final time. W- w- what is he going to be like when something's on the line? We haven't seen him play in meaningful games like this. You know, especially against someone like Bam Adebayo, who is a really, really good defensive ball player and could expose some things and, and do some things and make the game difficult for uh you know, Joker when he plays. So we don't know that right now. Um, has Kevin Durant taken a step back? Because we really haven't seen that Kevin Durant since he lost to Milwaukee. He's kind of not been the same player. Even though he's been phenomenal, he hasn't been the same player. So 
you know, we don't know, you know, what John Moran's situation is going to be stepping back into the league. Because if he's healthy, you know, and he seems to be able to play with all the drama going on around him, you know, it's hard not to consider him. What Devin Booker going to look like? You know, we can go down the line, man. So I think we really need to be clear. Like you said, it's probably 10 to 12 players. But to pick one, I think we really, really need to, like, all right, what's the criteria on which we're picking this one with? Scoop Jackson, ESPN, Chicago.com, NBA Insider joining us. My man, uh, we'll talk when we get to the finals. Uh, Break it down. Always love talking hoops with you. Always, man. I appreciate it.